wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Maybe because he's Swiss, I don't know, in terms of European style. I can take you to Suplex City tonight, bitch. Can you say the alphabet backwards? Walk it with your ass backwards. You're not funny and nobody likes you. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight way! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. Royal Rumble Week, folks. Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio. I am Graham Jason Matthews for January 19th, 2016. Only five days away into the Royal Rumble. One of the most exciting times of the year to be a wrestling fan. Now, I know Raw last night was not too great, which thankfully we will not be reviewing here on the show today. It's a stack show, per usual, guys. We've got Royal Rumble predictions in the second half of the episode. And coming up in the first half, in just mere moments, part two of my exclusive interview with the current GFW Global Champion and former TNA World Heavyweight Champion, Nick Aldis Magnus, the artist formerly known as Magnus, where we're talking about his departure from TNA, moving on to GFW, what led his departure from TNA, turning heel, why it wasn't really that great of an idea, some tag team stuff, the honor of being world champion that we kind of talked about briefly before, a lot of the stuff that went into him leaving TNA, the exclusive scoop coming to you guys Right now on WrestleRant Radio, it's a great second part of the interview. Like I said last week, awesome talking to Nick. Thank you to his time. You know, thank you to him for his time for coming on the show. I believe his Twitter handle is at Magnus Official. If you want to check him out on Twitter, just type him Nick Aldis or Magnus or whatever. I'm sure you'll be able to find him and let him know how much you like the interview as well as me at WrestleRant on the Twitter. And um, before we get started here, just a few brief announcement news and notes. Of course, tonight, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, January 19th, you know, in between Impact Wrestling and I, I was watching Impact Live for the last two weeks since it debuted on Pop TV, only to come to find out, did I find out just a couple days ago, I have Comcast. Okay, I live in Connecticut and I no longer get Pop TV any year anymore. They they um they took it away from my lineup for whatever reason. So that was short lived. I probably wasn't gonna watch it live anyway tonight because because of this. Tonight at eight o'clock, it's about two hours long. The annual, the return of the annual hashtag GSM trivia. Now listen to this and you have no idea what that is. You've never played it before, you've never heard of it before. The full details are right here on the website, nextairwrestling.net. Just go to the homepage, go right underneath the uh, the news feed, you'll see 2015 WWE Year in Review, and also 2016 Royal Rumble Game Details. Click on that link. All the details are right there. So tonight at 8, you know, Eastern Time, of course, 8 o'clock, um, we've got the return of GSM Trivia, where we, where I send out 20 questions. The first person to respond accurately will win the round, and the first person with the most points by the end of the two hours, by the end of the 20 rounds, will win the game. Now, traditionally, I just do this for fun, for people to kind of test their wrestling memory and trivia and whatever, and it's just a lot of fun for people who play along. Um, this year, for the first time ever, there will be something up for grabs. There will be something, you know, a prize of some sort, and it will be to pick your number early in the Royal Rumble game. Only two people have done so, so far, and it is me and Ross S., who won last year's game, and now the new rule going forward is that if you win the Royal Rumble game, you will be able to pick your number in the next year's Rumble game before anyone else. I believe he has number 20, I want to say, or 21, whatever it is. 
I have 17 per usual because I'm the maker of the game. I'm not going to do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> That's just the way it works. But um, if you win GSM Trivia, you can pick a number before the official sign-up time tomorrow night immediately after NXT and 9 o'clock Eastern Time on the website. Right here on the website, click on the post that I just directed you to. It's on the homepage. It's under the blogs. Go to News. It's the first one there. Click on it. And go to past year's ones. I have a link to last year's, you know, game. And what you're going to do when the comment section opens up, you're going to leave a comment with your name, number, and Twitter handle. Now, I'm assuming everyone, pretty much everyone has a Twitter nowadays. If you don't, you can leave an email address where I can contact you if you win. And also up for grabs for the first time ever this year. I mean, even before that, if you pick your number, say, you know, like I said, I get 17. If, like last year, I got Kofi Kingston in my Royal Rumble game. Okay, so Kofi Kingston is technically my new favorite wrestler for the next 365 days until next year's Royal Rumble game. So he's been my favorite since last year. And before that, I had Sheamus, and before that, The Godfather, and so on and so forth. This year, if I get, you know, Heath Slater, he's my new favorite, you know, my new favorite wrestler for the next year. That's the way it works. But also, that's the way it's always worked. This year, in addition to that, we're going to be giving away a free WrestleRant Radio t-shirt. It's a pretty cool design. Only one has been made so far, and it belongs to yours truly. So if you want to get a prototype of the t-shirt, you have to win the game. And you can do so by entering on Wednesday. Immediately after NXT, like I said, leave a comment with your name, number, and Twitter handle, slash email address, whatever you want me to get in contact you with. And if no one has picked your number yet and I approve of it, you're good to go, you're in the game, you're officially entered, and whoever wins the Rumble match from your number, then you get the free t-shirt, get to pick your number in next year's game, maybe you get a shout-out as well right here on WrestleRant Radio. So that's the way it's working, I just wanted to throw the details out there for anyone that is not aware, that's the way that's going down this year for the 2016 Royal Rumble game, the fourth annual, always a lot of fun, always get a lot of great feedback, be sure to participate. And that's about it folks, be sure to... Take part in hashtag GSM Trivia tonight if you're listening to this on Tuesday. Be sure to take part if you're listening to this in time for the 2016 Royal Rumble game on Wednesday night. And that's about it. The Royal Rumble week is always crazy. It's hectic and it's awesome. And I'm looking forward to it. Um, I forgot to mention last week before we get started here. I know I'm rambling, but I got to meet Scotty Tuhati, Kurt, uh, I almost said Curtis Axel, um, Kurt Hawkins, and Trent Beretta. And they were all great guys. They met him in Wallingford at a contract signing, or contract signing. I'm getting my words mixed up here. An autograph signing. Wallingford, Connecticut. All were great guys. Got pictures. They're up on the Facebook and Twitter. And then also coming up this Thursday, I'll be at a local library here in Connecticut to meet Bob Backlund for a book signing. So that's going to be pretty cool. And I'll be going back to school on Sunday, so the timing could not be any better. I was looking to get Bob Backlund's book anyway, but... Getting to meet him again, I met him a couple years ago after Raw, the day after my birthday, June 3rd, 2013. Um, got to meet him then, I'll be able to meet him again, get an autograph, and have him sign my uh, my newly my newly bought, my newly purchased Bob Backlund autobiography. So I'm looking forward to that. And that's about it, guys. Again, I'll be back on campus on Sunday with the illustrious RJ, who will be joining me for Royal Rumble predictions immediately following this interview, part two of the interview with Magnus, which I hope you guys, uh, which I hope you guys enjoy. Um, what day, what time, WrestleRant Radio will be airing going forward, I have no idea, just because my class schedule is so hectic this year, this semester anyway. Um, I have like four classes on Monday, I have like one to two classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So, we'll see what, you know, what transpires, how we're going to record the show, if it's going to be live. If it will be live, you'll find out first on my Twitter at WrestleRant, but you can check out the show at live365.com backslash stations backslash ECTV. 
73. So all that out of the way, without further ado, guys, enjoy the second part of my exclusive interview with the artist formerly known as Magnus, Nick Aldis. And also, too, right after that, I mean, you had the great match with AJ in September Turning Point. You beat Sting at Bound for Glory. You win the championship. Had the great match with Jeff Hardy. You win the title. And you had great matches with Joe, which was awesome, considering you guys' history within the company and the, you know, the many times you guys held the tag team titles and everything else. But... Like you said before, or like I mentioned, with the what you you became a breakout babyface coming out of that match with AJ Styles, and you were organically over with the audience, and it was great. And just, this is something that it's bothered me forever. But when they turned you heel, and like you said, they, it was right around the time when Jeff left, so that might have had something to do with it. And you were concussed, so they had the interference in the matches. But even beyond that, though. It just felt like it was the wrong time to turn you. I don't know. I, I felt like you were catching fire as a babyface, and you were on top of the world, and then they turned you as a as a champ. And then right after they had you drop the belt, you went back to you know teaming with Bram, which was cool, but you were never at that level again. They never really pushed you towards that level. So, I guess basically, did you feel that the heel turn? Because you've always worked great as either a babyface or a heel. But did you feel like the heel turn came at the wrong time in your uh, in your stint as TNA World Heavyweight Champion? Yeah. No, absolutely, and, um, and and you're not the only person to, to you know to voice that opinion. Um, and I I guess maybe the problem was is that I voiced that opinion too, you know. And it, <laughs> I I thought maybe I guess I guess that now that I was the champion, I was allowed to have an opinion. But I guess um, John Gabor had a different idea, so that was fine. You know what I mean? It's, it's, mm-hmm. And that was again, it's it's their company. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I don't I. I I don't know why there was those things that got put out there that I sort of was difficult to, that I was being difficult or, I, you know, to me, I, I would never say who it was, but everyone in the everyone in the company knows that it was one guy who was like sabotaging me and sending stuff to the, the sheets, you know, mm-hmm. which is just so sad and pathetic, like when you, when you really think about it, but it was just one guy who was upset that they didn't go with him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, and, that unfortunately, like TNA always sold for that stuff. You know what I mean? Like they always sold like the stuff on the internet. It just made me so it just kind of just infuriated. Um, the heel turn thing, like that was all that was always going to happen. You know, like they always wanted me to do that. They they actually wanted me to turn heel um, at Bounce Glory with Sting. Mm-hmm. And that was, but again, like that was what Sting, you know. That, uh, this is what we're doing and this is how it's going to go down. Like, this is what I want to do because it's the right thing for business. Um, but then they say, okay, well, you'll win the title, but then let's say you'll, you'll turn and, you know, like sort of sell out or whatever. And I didn't mind it. I quite liked the, the because I said, well, shit, if everyone thinks that I'm like Dixie's favorite and like I'm, you know, uh, that she's always kind of gone to bat for me or whatever, then we may as well make a storyline out of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that. I, I, I understood that. I just, I just I, I'm with you in the sense that I felt like it was, we could have, we could have got six months out and me as a baby face first. And when you think about it now, you know, I don't have any regrets. Like, you know, I guess there are times where I wish that, I, I, I'm sure, like, I, I can accept that I could have communicated a little better instead of, but at the same time, I was still recovering from a concussion and I was like, being like unfairly kind of chastised by you know by like so-called journalists and stuff um and you know i've had a conversation with Wade keller actually since then you know and i like Wade a lot and i think he has a great view on the business mm-hmm. but you know i said to him like you were unfair to me because you didn't ask for my side of it you know what i mean like and it's and that was 
you know, that wasn't, I didn't think that was very fair, you know, and, and you don't understand how many people really care about that belt, <laughs> you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like, and how they'll do anything, they'll do anything to, like, to sort of, to, to harm another guy, you know, if they think that it will help their thing, but anyway, that's, that's, like, that is what it is, like, that's the wrestling business, you know what I mean, like, put your big boy pants on, but anyway, um, the thing for me, like I said, I don't have any regrets, but when I think about it, the one thing, like, I really wish, I don't understand why they, uh, they had this tournament, and I won the title in December, mm-hmm. Orlando, Florida, when we were about to go to the UK, and I could have done it in January. Exactly, like, yeah. You know, to me, I was like, that. Nah. And, and unfortunately, again, like I say, I don't have any ill will towards TNA. Like, I didn't enjoy, I didn't enjoy my time as a champion very much there. I didn't enjoy what happened afterwards because I just felt like it was just petty, you know? Yeah. Um, but, hey, but I still got paid. You know what I mean? And I said, well, <laughs> you know, you can, but what you're paying me, like, it's, it's up to you what you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to be here. But, but anyway, um, I do, yeah, for, like, that, 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 that to me was just like, uh, why don't we, uh, we have the biggest opportunity here to, to have, like, to create, like, a really huge moment in, you know, in the company's sort of history. Um, and it just was missed. And unfortunately, that is a, a it's pretty much like TNA in a nutshell. It's like, it's missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, there's so many missed opportunities all the time. And it's because, unfortunately, there's the culture that exists there of you're a wrestler. Like, you don't, you don't make decisions. Like, we're, you know, all the guys, all the people, like the writers and the people in the office are so insecure about not being wrestlers that they allow their way then to deliberately ignore the wrestler's opinion, even though the wrestlers are the biggest marks of all, so like, you should really listen to them. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> so, like, there just is this culture that exists of like, you get paid to do what, you know, what we tell you, and we get paid to tell you what to do. So that's how it works. And it was, you know, and it was, and it, and it was never like a case of me saying like, this is what we should do. I just go, hey, have we thought about this? You know, like, mm-hmm. isn't this a, isn't this what we're, like, aren't we in the business of trying to create moments? You know, like, isn't, isn't this, isn't this like a prime thing, like, staring in the face? Yeah, no, but we need to do it like this. Yeah. But then I came and so then instead of, instead of winning it in, in Wembley, which could, you know, instead of had a title match in Wembley where people really thought I could win, they could have sold that place out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, instead, they just, you know, I came out with the heel and did, like, a heel promo. And, you know, to set up a match with Joe that the people then didn't get to see because it was, you know, the, the, because it was the tape show for a pay-per-view that happened in Miami. Yep. So it was kind of like the biggest, you know, the biggest live event market they have and they didn't give them any any part of, like, the world title kind of mm-hmm. area. You know, I had one match with Gunner, but again, it was just a whole load of, you know, it was a good match, but it yeah. was a whole load of stuff. It was like James turned heel on him and this and that. Yeah. But other than that, it was like there was no title defense, so there was no, like... There was nothing except like promos and stuff, and I just went, yeah, you know, like, this is our best market, and and I'm a Brit and I'm the world champion. Like, don't you think we just sort of shit on the people a little bit? Mm-hmm. Like, just we basically just said, hey, you'll you'll come back. Like, you don't deserve it, you know. Like, and I just went, like, these people deserve it the most because they're the ones. 
Mm-hmm. I just, I just, and you know, and I, I got to a point where I said, look, I've been here for, I, I've been there for longer than most of the people in the office, or most of the people who are making decisions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I hadn't been there that long. There were talents there that had been there way longer. So I'm like, I'm allowed to have an opinion, like, because I've been here and I've seen, I've seen it go up and see it go down. I've seen like, I've seen how things operate here. Like, I don't. I'm not going to just continue to be like this, yes sir, no sir, like, oh, I'll do whatever you tell me. Like, if I have an opinion, like, I'm I'm going to voice it. I'm not going to be a dick about it, but I will tell you what I think, you know, is it this? And, and I will ask to sort of, I will ask to have it explained to me if, I, if I'm not sure what. Because we're independent contractors. Like, we have a, we have a responsibility to look after our own interests. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and that, again, it's like, it's a weird thing in wrestling where it's like, they want you to be independent contractors, but at the same time, they don't. They want you to act like employees, like do whatever's asked of you, and not ask questions, and you know, and not have any sort of opinion on how it affects you. But it, it, but it goes against the culture of being an independent contractor. You know, like mm-hmm. if you're a plumber, and somebody at a building site said, "Hey, we've got like this new housing development we're building, and we need you." to, you know, put all the plumbing in, but we want you to do it with, like, this piping. And you went, that's the wrong kind of piping. Like, it's it's going to be a disaster. Like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to break, it's going to leak, it's going to be, a, you know, going to be a real mess in six months from now, and it's going to make me look bad because then when people in the industry go, well, who was the plumber that did that? They'll say me. And then the people in the building are going, well, we don't care, just do it anyway. You go, no, I'm not doing that because I'm not getting sued. You know, I'm not getting like I'm not having my I'm not having my professional reputation like my integrity like we're in for this just because you want to do it this way like listen to me. Mm-hmm. So and that's kind of you know that's a bit of a disconnect. And again, like going back to Jeff, that's why I like working with Jeff because Jeff doesn't do it like that. Jeff sits around and he goes, "This is this is what I want to do. Like, how do you think we get? You know, how would you get there?" Or like, this is where we need to get because ultimately it's leading to this and this. Like, this is how this is the point we need to get to. Like, are you okay with that? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, because ultimately it's like, and I don't care about winning and losing. You know, it's never about that. It's about how does how do how am I able to like how is this how is this going to affect me and my ability to sell tickets or sell merchandise? Mm-hmm. And but Jeff will go. This is this is this is where we want the thing to culminate. Like, how do you think we get there? You know, and then between us, and because he surrounds himself with smart people and great talent, mm-hmm. it's easy. But it should be easy. You know what I mean? It's yeah. logical and it's common sense and it's fun. You know what I mean? It should be fun and it should be easy. And most of the time, it should. The, the, the thing should be staring you in the face, like where which way to go. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be like a. It shouldn't be like overcomplicated and you know. And unfortunately, I think there's, a, there's somewhat of a culture that exists in wrestling now because of like writers. They they almost want to make it so that the only ones who can sort of untangle the web that they've created is them, mm-hmm. so that they then keep their job. You know what I mean? Because it's like because they don't, because they realize actually that they're kind of unnecessary. So yeah, maybe that's be overanalyzing it. No, yeah, it definitely makes sense. But also, too, I mean, even before you won the belt a couple of years ago, it boggles my mind that before you there had never been 
a British-born world champion in any American major organization, maybe, in, of course, in Ring of Honor with Desmond, but before that in WWE, TNA, and you've got prime guys. I mean, you've guys, you have guys like the British Bulldog, William Regal, even most recently Wade Barrett. I mean, these are all WWE guys, but do you feel like there's a reason behind that, or do you feel like that's just kind of happenstance or had never been before a champion? Or, I mean, of course, you can't really get into the mind of like a Vince McMahon or something like that, but has there been like a like yeah. like an English guy can't sell as world champion? Like, do you know the reason behind that, or your thoughts on it anyway? I, I, I don't know. I've been asked the question before. Um, and I have never met Vincent Mann. I would love to. Um, <laughs> I don't, you know, and, and, and if I did meet him, I would shake his hand and say thank you for putting food on my table because even though I've never actually taken a paycheck from him, like, he's still the reason that I'm able to make one. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the business only exists because of Vince. So it's like, so, you know, and obviously he's a fascinating guy. I'm fascinated by him. And, like, everybody who's worked for him, I'm always just, like, asking a million questions like what he like, which, which um, you know, it's been inferred to me but, uh, from time to time that he maybe doesn't necessarily love English guys. I don't know. I feel like that's just one of those things, though. You know, like, there's, there's always kind of, there's always different, you know, guys like Vince Man are such enigmas that there's always, like, a million different sort of folklore kind of stories. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, Vince doesn't, Vince doesn't like people with brown hair, you know, like, you know, I don't know. But, um, I think when you look at, I think when you look at like, if you take uh, Davy Boy and, and Regal as examples, I think that if you just look at the guys who were who were there with them at the same time, like that's more of the reason. Mm-hmm. You know, it certainly wasn't to do, it wasn't anything to do with them as talent. I mean, you know, Davy Boy was as big a superstar as almost anyone in the WWF at, at one point. You know, when he made, when him and Bret main evented at Wembley. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, you know, that he was as big a superstar as anybody in, in wrestling, I thought, really. You know, he was like a cartoon character. Um, but he was sharing the WWF with Ric Flair, Macho Man Randy Savage, Ultimate Warrior. You know, it's like, that's a, that's a, that's a, pretty, a pretty tall order. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then with Regal, it's like the same thing. Like when, you know, when Regal was, was, was in his prime, it's like he's sharing the WWF with... Steve Austin and The Rock and Kerr Angle and Triple H and you know Regal had an incredible career and he had and I thought he was a great IC champion but, you know, and, and the thing with the IC belt is that at, at some you know at various points in the business like the IC belt was as prestigious as the world belt so mm-hmm. I don't think that and the very limited conversations I've had with Regal I don't think that he had ever given it a second thought and you know he understands his role and you know, and then as far as like Wade is concerned, like, I feel like there have been times where he, I love Stu, like, I've known Stu a long time, we, we, we went to the same wrestling school for a while, um, and, uh, he's, he's done, you know, he's just, he gets better and better every week, I think, even now, you know, and I just, um, again, I just think that it's like, he's so good at, at filling that role as, like, that heel, like, the heel that's, like, able to sort of work with anyone, and, get them over that it's like he almost doesn't need the title you know mm-hmm. what I mean like, which is which, which I mean is a, which I mean is a huge compliment you know like he does he's, he's, a, he's a character that's so easily usable in so many different scenarios that it's like he's he's not a guy that that he thinks like oh we better you know just give this guy a title run to sort of see if you know 
see if it helps to establish him like he's very well established. Mm-hmm. You know, it might, and, 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 anything can happen, honestly. Like, you just don't, six months from now, like, something may happen. Or, like, Stu might get a break and they're like, he's just done a movie, right? Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, who's to say that that movie doesn't end up going, being, you know, going out like gangbusters? And suddenly it's like he's a big time celebrity. And before you know it, boom, he's the champion. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It, 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 it's, there's a million different circumstances at play at all times. So I think that for me, I was just, I was, I was coming along at a time where there was a lot of established names in TNA and everyone had had the title quite a few times. Mm-hmm. And they said, needs to be someone new and I was the best candidate you know that's it like it was it wasn't like oh, they were going like oh this guy's a superstar you know <laughs> he's gonna but, uh, see like you know they had, I had shown that I was able to have somewhat of a positive impact especially in the UK mm-hmm. um, and and and, and so other parts of Europe actually you know and but that probably helped and then like I say just because they just looked at the landscape and they said well this guy this guy this guy and this guy have all been the champion like x number of times mm-hmm. like, do we go back do we go back to one of these again or do we try something else and when they did you know that was to me i thought the the, the, the best thing i took away from all that was the reaction from this sort of wrestling community in the sense they went that was the right thing to do yeah you know like if we like no one says oh why is he the champion you know what i mean like mm-hmm. no one by the time it happened, if they'd have done it sooner, it might have been that way. But by the time they did it, no one, no one was saying, "Oh, I can't believe they went with him." You know, it was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, that makes sense to me. I understand that." You know, yeah. and so that to me just was that, that showed me that I was obviously doing something right. And your last match there came with James Storm. I mean, not chronologically because you had a few matches on TV, but your last technical match there was with Storm at Slammiversary, the awesome last man standing match. And you guys had a very good feud too. I mean, putting aside the whole train thing, which I know you've talked about before with Mickey, but uh, the feud itself was very good and you guys had an amazing match. Uh, What were your thoughts in your final match with TNA with James Storm? I loved it. I was, I, I knew that if I, you know, I, 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 I had told, we had had the discussion, I'd been up to the office a couple of weeks ahead of that and said, and basically said, you know, look, I've given this a lot of thought and I know the position you're in financially and quite honestly, like, I'm ready to just try something else. Like, I'm not saying I can never be back, you know, I'd never say that, it's just a dumb thing to say, but mm-hmm. I, I just don't want to be here right now. I don't just um, want to be somewhere else. Um, but I also want to, you know, I want to chill it on the way out, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, and James, you know, James and I have always had very good chemistry. Um, James is a good performer. You know, he's, he's, he's money on the mic, like just brilliant on the mic. And uh, he and I had had, you know, we've had many, many really good matches and, and verbal exchanges on house shows and you know, through different times with like beer money in the British invasion and stuff like that. But it had always been with he as the heel and him as the baby face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, the train angle notwithstanding, 
situation. It was very strange, you know. It was like I'd never been in a situation like that where both of them, you know, everyone had already understood. Everyone already knew I was leaving, so it was kind of an emotional kind of week. Mm-hmm. But then, when in the midst of that week, it was, and then it, it, people realized like James was on his way out too. So then it was like, this is, you know, it's crazy. Like the, you know, one of the featured matches on the pay per view, and it's gonna be like might be the last time we see him. So we just played up to it. We said like, what? Yeah. <laughs> 
helped me out as much as they could have done in some of the ways where I felt like they deliberately tried to derail me at times. Mm-hmm. The fact that the fact that they let my last thing on television be, you know, be me and Nikki winning, you know, in that in that mixed tag or whatever, um, you know, that's a significant thing. There's not many companies that do that that let you go out on top. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know and, I, and I didn't and I didn't necessarily want. And I, it, there was, I had said, like, I want to do business on the way up because I believe in the traditions of the business. And so in that respect, in the match with James, that was kind of how I wanted to do it. Because even though James was leaving too, it was like, I, I had already made it clear that I was leaving. And, you know, I wanted it to, I, regardless of what happened to him, I was like, I want to, you know, I want to go out on the back. I mean, I, what I really wanted to do was, was do business for Bram. But, but uh, you know, they just bet that option didn't, didn't present itself. But, when they said we want you to, you know, we want to do this like this next tag match, we want you guys to win, and that to be you know, like your, our last sort of vision of you guys is like celebrating the ring together and stuff. And I was like, that's very cool. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And speaking of James Storm, both him and Samoa Joe, I mean, they showed up in NXT over the last couple of months. Austin Aries was reportedly backstage, and it kind of seems like 2015 has been the year. I mean, it was never anything official. There was never anything, you know, fans just speculation. But before this year, it was never really a thing to see TNA guys in WWE, for the most part. I mean, you would see, you know, Awesome Kong came a couple years ago, Vance Archer, Lance Hoyt. Um, so there's been a couple people, but it's like this has been the year with NXT kind of growing. You see people like Samoa Joe, James Storm, who are TNA originals, who were there for 10 years, and they showed up in NXT this year. At 29 years old, you got your whole career ahead of you. Have you ever contemplated or ever been interested, of course, in being in, uh, in having a run at NXT or WWE? Of course. I mean, it would be, a, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, it would be, you know, it would be completely ridiculous to say anything else. Um, I haven't had a ton of contact, you know, like that. It's not like, I, I was never one of those guys who went to like a buyout and, you know, did extra stuff and everything like that. Just because, I got into the fitness at 18 um, and wrestled full time, like for, for, you know, until I got cast as I did. And then I got, then I got picked up by TNA. So it was kind of like, it just, that side of things never really, was, was never really a part of my career. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, you know, uh, I, I just, I look at the, I look at what they're doing in the and go like, yep, I mean, they're the, you know, that's, that's the shot, you know what I mean? And if anyone who's in the business wants to be in the shot. Um, but I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not sitting around waiting for the phone to ring. <laughs> and, you know, I've just been down for AAA and I'm supposed to be going again this weekend and, and you know, still building up, hopefully building up a little bit of a, of a good reputation there. And I'd like to do more stuff in Japan. I've only been a few times. You know, we've been doing some stuff in Europe. Like, I've, I've been, had a big, had a big part to play in the in the, the GFW uh, UK shows, and we've got some more of those coming up on the horizon, like very soon in the spring. So it's like, uh, you know, and, I, and obviously, I'm really enjoying being a part of, of Global Force and like helping. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's going to be like, uh, you know, Jeff has let me in on some really cool information about, you know, the, the company, and it's that uh, you know, I think in 2016, like, it's, it, it's going to be a different. You know, it's going to be a different landscape. Maybe not necessarily everywhere in the world, but in certain markets, like it's going to be a very different. It's going to be, the landscape's going to look a little different. And if I can play a part in that, then you, then we'll power to it. You know what I mean? And as far as WWE is concerned, like 
you know, had a couple of conversations here and there and it's been friendly and that's, you know, and, and that's the side it's gone at this point. I don't know. You know, it's, I can, it, 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 it's such a hard thing to talk about because you don't want to, because everything could be sort of taken to our context. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and I certainly wouldn't want to disrespect, uh, you know, the, the guy who is, who's, who's got behind me now, who's paying me today. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And yeah. Who, and who's, trust, who's trusting me, you know, to be, you know, to be a, his guy. Um, so, you know, never say never. <laughs> and also, too, I mean, the current landscape of the industry, there's probably the best wrestlers as there have, have ever been from an in-ring standpoint, from WWE, TNA, Global Force, Ring of Honor, Lucha, the whole spiel. Um, is there anyone on the circuit today that is actively wrestling that you would like to have a match with or you feel like would have a compelling match with? And I know a lot of people say, oh, John Cena, because he's the guy. But other than maybe John Cena, um, is there anyone on, you know, in wrestling right now that you feel like you could have, like, I can go out there and have an amazing match with that person? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I, I, think, I think for me, I've always really thrived. I always really loved, like, like you referenced my match with AJ. Um, and then... You know, that was one of my favorite matches and then matches I had with Jeff Hardy. I love, I like working with, with guys like that who do like all the crazy kind of high-flying stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and can sell. Like, I love to be the, I like playing cat and mouse. Like, I like being, I like telling that story and I like um, getting, getting more out of those guys than simply like who are like acrobatics. You know, like I like to, you know, create like create emotion through them by you know by by sort of having you know uh, having my way with them and then like and then when and then when they like, letting them kind of have this huge comeback and you know and creating that drama um that's my favorite that's my favorite thing to do in, in the business um so with, with that in mind like i guess i would love to uh i'd love to work with like ricochet Don morrison um Gosh, so many of the guys in New Japan, like I guess Nakamura, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he's one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, I think um, there's a guy, there's uh, uh, Willie Max, you know, like I, I just, I just, I was just down in Mexico with him, and I joke, I go, I'm like, yeah, you're my favorite wrestler right now, and he's like, yeah, shut up, man, I'm like, no, I'm serious, <laughs> he's one of my favorite wrestlers, like, yeah, he's great. Um, it, yeah, there's, there's there's tons. Um, I just, you know, Mike's girl's one of my best friends. Like we we grew up together in the business, um, and you know we only, but we, you know, we wrestled each other a bunch like back in the day when we were both shit, you know. But now it's like I got I wrestled him in the main event on one of the GFW UK shows that was sold out, and we had a you know we had a we had a doozy, and it was so easy. I was like, I'd love to do more of that, you know. Mm-hmm. And he he he's gonna he's gonna blow up in the next couple of years, like for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Zach Sabre, like I know a lot of guys are talking about him now. Like I've known Zach for a long time too, but we've never actually wrestled. You know, mm-hmm. that would be cool. You know, there's, there's, I mean, there's, there's no end of guys, and obviously all kinds of guys in, in WWE again, like Finn uh, Balor. You know, I've known Fergal for, for quite some time, but again, never wrestled each other because. Mm-hmm. We were just never in the same place, you know. But that would, you know, he's so he's so damn good, and you know, I just and because of his gimmick now, it's like now he's now he's not only is he really good, but now he's like really over. So like that's mm-hmm. what you want. If you want a guy who's 
that's why I loved working with Jeff Hardy because Jeff's so good, but he's also so over. Mm-hmm. You know, so that makes your job so easy, and it gives you all the stuff to do artistically. That you know, that's just that's what that's what you get into the business for is to is to mess with people's emotions. Mm-hmm. And last question for you, in addition to being an author now, you're a wrestler, you've been on Gladiators, you've done a whole bunch of things over the course of your career, only at the age of 29, are there any other endeavors or avenues that you wish to explore in the future? Many, many, um, you know, certainly more. Now that I'm a father, I think that I'm starting to look more and more at things on an entrepreneurial level, where, like where I'm in control, um, you know, where I'm not necessarily always at the, at the mercy of, you know, of someone's pencil in the wrestling business, um, you know, or the mercy of a television deal or, uh, you know, stuff like that, which is always good, you know, which is always the risk anyone in the entertainment business runs, but, um, but the book, you know, the, the, the book is, is obviously any of my spare time I'm using to try and promote that and help that and hopefully use that to maybe springboard into some other avenues in that realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from a, you know, within the business, like outside of obviously, you know, continuing to, to, to excel in my career, uh, I'm, like I said, I've had a hand in, 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 um, in uh, promoting and booking the, the UK live events for, for Bug the Force and Jeff sort of allowed me to do that, which has been really fun. And, you know, I'm, I'm working with a really, with a really good business partner over there. Like, we're all working together, Jeff and him and I, and, you know, on, on the UK stuff. Um, which has been really great, and it's like the whole different avenue, like you know, talking to sponsors, and venues, and all that kind of stuff. It's fun. You know, I enjoy that side of things, um, and it's good to. It's nice for me to be able to sort of give opportunities to some of the younger Brits coming up now. Like, I just you know, I brought, um, I brought, we brought Trevor Lee over uh, for the UK shows, mm-hmm. and it was nice to wrestle Andrew Everett, who's phenomenal. But Andrew got hurt um, a couple nights before. So I ended up with a guy called uh, Tyler Eight, who thank you, it's gonna really work that day. He's eighteen. And he's and he just he bought the house down. Mm-hmm. Him and his brother just bought the house down for an incredible match and he's eighteen years old and I just was like I was so I was so glad that I gave him the chance because I was like, guys, this guy's gonna be a friggin' star. You know, <laughs> this is amazing. And yeah. I was like, like and it, that's a cool feeling. You know, to be able to, like, even at 29, like, to have this 18-year-old kid come back through and be like, thank you so much, like, for the opportunity. And, you know what I mean? And, I, and I'm standing there going, like, good job, kid. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so weird, you know, because, like, I feel like any kid still does. Like, that, you know, that's a rewarding feeling. I get a lot of gratification out of that. Mm-hmm. So like I said, you guys can check out Global Force Wrestling. You can check out their tapings and whether they're coming towards you. Check out the website, the YouTube channel. And as I mentioned before, the Superstar Body, real-world techniques for achieving your goals, available right now on Amazon. Nick, thanks so much for your time, and I appreciate it. Oh, no, go, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Anything else you'd like to plug, go right ahead. For the books, you can go to superstarbodybook.com where you can... You can uh, we'll have all the different avenues where you can download it or buy it. And uh, in fact, I even have some signed copies on sale there on the website. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, perfect. Okay, cool. Anything else you'd like to plug? Oh, that's it. That's it. Check out the book, guys. It's on Amazon, on the website as well. A lot of different places to download it. Like I said, you guys can check them out on Global Force Wrestling, the current GFW Global Champion. Got a lot of stuff, got a lot of stuff going on. So like I said, Nick, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it, man. 
Once again, a huge thank you goes out to Nick Aldis, the artist formerly known as Magnus, first time here on WrestleRant Radio, both last week and this week for a great two-part interview. Had a real fun time talking to him, a real honor and pleasure considering he's been one of my favorites in TNA for many years, and of course he's since left as he has since left as a you know, as we talked about in the interview. He's now currently in GFW. So be sure to check him out there. Magnus Official on the Twitter. Be sure to find him in GFW and uh, check out his new book. Follow him on Twitter, all that great stuff. He's a great dude. And uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing him and hopefully talking to him again down the road. So now we transition to my Royal Rumble predictions alongside the one, the only, at RJ underscore Marceau on the Twitter. RJ, what's going on, brother? Hey, what's going on, Graham? Ready for the Royal Rumble in just five days away. How about you? I can't wait for the Royal Rumble in five days. You getting ready for the uh, to go through the windows? Getting ready to fly? Yeah, I already got a Home Depot on our speed dial. <laughs> It was so funny. I don't know if you caught this or not. You had to when during the uh, the lottery thing when they were picking the first entrant in the Rumble. When they were like, "Oh, anyone can win the Rumble." Maybe even someone the WWE universe has never seen before. I was like, "Oh shit, AJ Styles, baby." <laughs> I was like, "It's got to yeah. happen." Or Samoa Joe. I don't. That, that technically does not count as WWE universe if it's NXT. So you never know. But uh, Rumble on Sunday. We're five days away. We got the prediction panel here today. Kicking it off with the WWE Tag Team Titles, the New Day, defending against the Usos. Who do you got going over here? Uh, I don't know. It's like kind of tough. I don't know. I feel like they're kind of like going with the New Day, but um, I want to say the Usos. I'm going to go with Usos. Really? I'm going to go with Usos crazy right now, yeah? Okay. Um, I feel like they've been uh, putting their money back in the Usos and the New Day kind of floundered, have floundered over the last couple of weeks, and I don't know, I feel like they're kind of cheesing them losing the title, so I'm going to go with the, the Usos. I could see that happening. I could see them dropping the belts to the Usos and then putting the belts back on the New Day in time for Fastlane or WrestleMania or whatever, just to kind of switch it up, because if you have the Usos lose here again, I don't know where else you go from here. I mean, there's always, like, the Dudleys, but we've already seen that. The Dragons, Sin is Hurt. Um, I don't even know where you would go from there. I mean, some people have said, and I've said, we've been talking about this for months, maybe doing multi-team match, another one. I mean, I know we've seen one at WrestleMania for the past two years now, but might as well do another one with um, the Dragons and uh, the Usos and the Dudleys and whoever else. Enzo and Cass, if they call them up, or even American Alpha, call up Chad Gable and Jason Jordan. There's no reason why they can't be in the main roster right now. They're that good, but... You know, I, I could see the Usos winning here. I'll go with the New Day just to be safe, just to play devil's advocate. But I could definitely see Usos winning here just because we've had the New Day as champions for the past five months. And that's not a bad thing, but I just don't know where else you go from here because this is the last fresh feud that we have with the tag teams right now. That's not including, like, the multi-team shit that I just said. Um, I'll go with New Day. You got Usos, but I could very well see a title change there. So we got for the United States Championship, the rubber match. Alberto Del Rio defending against Kalisto in a rematch from Raw and SmackDown from last week. The match should be good. Who walks away? Orlando. Who walks out of Orlando with the star-spangled prize, RJ? Del Rio or Kalisto? Uh, this is another tough one. I don't know. These are all kind of tough, I feel like. I think every match is pretty unpredictable right now. I agree. I want to say Kalisto, but I don't know. I have a feeling that Del Rio are team. I don't know why. I don't want their team, but... Mm, I'll say Del Rio. Yeah, I'll go Del Rio, too, just because... I don't know. I mean, the whole reason why I feel like they did the title changes to begin with on Raw and SmackDown. I mean, I'm never a fan of having people hold a belt for, like, two to three days. I feel like it's kind of a waste. 
but I feel like they just kind of did it just because they want to boost the ratings or kind of inject interest in a Raw and SmackDown by like, oh, we have a title change, something we haven't seen in like a long time on Raw or SmackDown. So I could see why they did it, but at the same time, I mean, it'd be nice if they took a chance and they kept the belt on Kalisto. I don't know why they would have put the belt back on Dario to begin with. Like, if they weren't going to put the belt back on... I don't know. Why would you hold the rematch? I guess the original plan was that they were going to do Del Rio and Cena at the Rumble. And they wanted to fill that slot, so they put Kalisto in there instead. And I don't think Cena was going to go into WrestleMania with the belt. So unless they change their plans completely, which is very possible, and they're going to go with Kalisto instead, uh, they'll probably keep the belt on Del Rio just because League of Nations needs some credibility somewhat. You know, because Sheamus is a loser. Rusev and Bear aren't doing anything. I think Barrett's still hurt. So, um, yeah, I go with Del Rio. I mean, I would love to see Kalisto win just because, you know, you called it from the outset. You called it, you know, a couple weeks ago, right before the start of 2016. He will be a star in 2016. He will be a mid-card champion this year. And he accomplished that in one, a week into in, in 2016, two weeks into the new year. So you got that one right. But, um, yeah, I should have put, put it for more than 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like he will be champion again. Even if it takes a couple more months, he will be champion later on in the year. I just don't know what else you do with the guy, Kalisto, that is. Just because Sin Cara is still hurt, he's going to continue to flounder. And I don't think he should because he is somewhat over. The kids like him. A lot of the fans like him. He's a great wrestler. Him and Del Rio have good chemistry. The match should be good. I just don't know. Like, either way, I don't see the U.S. title being defended at WrestleMania because we have so many big matches. Like, at WrestleMania 30, we had, like, what, four singles matches? We had other the, – the rest of the matches were, like, battle royals and fatal four-way tag teams and all that other shit, you know? So – I don't feel like six man tag with the shield and uh, middle age outlaw the cane that lasts like a minute. So. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget that match was one show. Yeah, exactly. They contested a classic that night, but uh, yeah, I, I don't see either one of these guys in a singles match at WrestleMania. If anything, I think we could see League of Nations versus Wyatt Family. That's another topic for another day, but that would mean the U.S. title isn't being defended. I mean, it would be nice if we got like Kalisto and Neville on the pre-show or Kalisto and fucking Dolph Ziggler or something. I just don't have enough faith in this company in order for them to do that. So we'll see. But I got Del Rio going over there too. Now for the Divas Championship, a match I think we're both looking forward to here. Charlotte defending against Becky Lynch. You got the last kicker or the daughter of the two-time WWE Hall of Famer? Uh, I gotta go with Becky Lynch here. Ooh. Uh, I think um, it'll be like similar shenanigans as they've been doing the last couple weeks on Raw and then having... Flair kind of like trying to distract Becky, but then like into like it turns into distracting Charlotte, and then Becky pick up the pinfall. I hope so. It seems like that's the story they're building too. She came up short in losing or in, in winning the title on SmackDown a couple weeks ago. She's lost a few times, and she's building up this this anger and this passion to win that championship. So they're building up the story to seem like she will win it at the Rumble. And she, they put this little video up on their YouTube channel last night after Raw with Becky and Rich Brennan talking about how she's been a fan of the Royal Rumble, the pay-per-view, just like watching it in Ireland or whatever when she was a kid. Now she's contending for the title at that same pay-per-view, so how much it means to her. I mean, we've seen that before, and people have lost, so it's not like a shoe in that she wins. But like I said earlier, a lot of these matches aren't really all that predictable. I've seen people say, oh, this I'm not excited for any match in the card except for like the last man standing match. So that's the only match that's unpredictable. I completely disagree. I feel like all these matches could go one way or the other, including this one. Um, I mean, it's really hard to say what, what, it all depends on what their WrestleMania plans are. Like, if they're going to do Sasha and Charlotte or, you know, and I hate, 
I mean, I love the idea of doing a one-on-one women's match at Mania. We haven't seen it in literally 10 years since Trish and Mickey at WrestleMania 22. But we haven't seen, like, a triple threat at Mania in I'd probably since that how long as well. Um, so I'd be totally down for uh, a, a triple threat with Sasha, Charlotte, and, you know, Becky. So I, if Sasha's good to go, I mean, she hasn't been heard from in about a month, so who knows. But um, Or Paige, even if she's good to go. But, yeah, I'd go with Lynch here just to kind of switch up the title picture unless they... Because they can always do a rematch at Fastlane. Because if Becky loses again, then I don't know how they get to a rematch. Which I, the feud will continue past Sunday. I'm pretty confident of that. But um, I feel like if they want to do a rematch to stretch the feud out as much as possible, they're going to have to do a title change here. Just because there's like nobody else to challenge Charlotte. Unless they do it like Brie Bella for the millionth time. Or you know Naomi or something. Which isn't going to happen. But uh yeah, I gotta go with the last kicker. I'm hoping she wins her first Divas Championship. And someone brought it up to me just like yesterday. How, because I wrote that article a couple months ago about how she was being wasted in the main roster since coming up to NXT. Or since coming up to the main roster from NXT. And I wrote that at a time, I mean, we talked about this before, how she's been wasted. And these, these women got called up not like a month ago, not a couple weeks ago, but fucking six months ago. Literally six months ago. And they've been wasted, you know, tremendously since then. Or at least Becky has been, because she's been overshadowed. And we've talked about this before. Sasha and Charlotte. So, you know, at the time that we were saying that she was being wasted, I feel like she could have made a bigger impact down in NXT. But because Sasha's hurt, Paige is hurt, Natalya hasn't been relevant in like two, three months, if ever, um, if at least in a long time, they had to rely on Becky to, you know, be put in this championship picture, in this championship slot, and go for the title. And hopefully win it, so it wasn't like they had faith in Becky, I mean, I feel like that's partly the reason, but it's also because they really didn't have any other choice, and they found out that when they pushed Becky that she has a lot of great talent, um, but what have your thoughts been so far on the evolution of the Last Kicker character? Um, I would agree with you on that, like you said, uh, Banks and Mark Cage weren't hurt, I don't think she could be in the spot right now, but um, I think she's done really good for herself, um, we saw like those hot spots that she had at NXT when She's going after Sasha Banks, and now she's kind of becoming pretty much the only babyface in the Divas division, unless you want to tell Brie Bella's, like, 100 turns, counting as a face. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But she's done good for herself. I think she's starting to get over the crowd more. Her promo last week was really good. Her promo on Raw last night I really enjoyed. And um, she, she's been a uh, kind of good match in, the, in, in rings. It's um, kind of getting the spotlight by herself. So I think... Um, there's no reason not to put the belt on her. I mean, the only criticism or the only thing I could see, like, oh, she's not over, she's not connecting with the crowd, but she has been. I mean, ever since this whole feud, not started, but ever since they really started to kind of, you know, establish the lines between heel and babyface, at least for these two, like you said, I have no idea what the hell Brie Bella is or Alicia Fox or even Natalia and Paige after last night. That was confusing as all hell. But um, at least <laughs> there was like I I understand it's hype for total divas. It just makes no sense. The whole division is just in a state of disarray outside of Charlotte and Becky. So it's great at least with these women, specifically Charlotte, because she's been teetering the line between heel and babyface for at least two three months now. And Becky's finally connecting. She's cutting really good promos. They're both great in the ring. I think we've known that forever. It's just the characters that weren't really connecting, and now they finally are. There's no reason not to put the belt on her. So, last man standing match for the Intercontinental Championship. Dean Ambrose defends against Kevin Owens. Who do you got going over here? And the question he brought up to me a couple days ago, do you see both these guys being, or at least one of them, being in the Royal Rumble match later on in the night? 
entirety of the match could, could like, like, I don't know, like, that could be the common play of who is if they're going to wrestle in a Royal Rumble match or not, but, um, like I said to you, they can't really risk anyone else really getting injured, so I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't have these guys in it, but there also be two other big stars that aren't in the match, so, um, maybe they do it right in the beginning of the show, and then they get, like, an hour, hour and a half to, like, or they could come in late in the Rumble, too. Um, I think they probably will be in it, but maybe with the injuries, they might not want to risk it. Yeah, well, like I told you the other day, I feel like that's a good point, just because with so many people out injured right now, they probably don't want to put them, you know, have them, having them pull double duty, especially after a last man standing match, which I assume is going to get a lot of time. I mean, traditionally at Royal Rumble shows, you know, the undercard matches don't really go that long. I think we maybe have had four matches last year. I think the year before we had like three matches in the card and the year before that too. Last year we maybe had like four or five, but like I don't expect many of the other undercard matches to go like that long. This should be getting at least like 20 minutes, 30 minutes with entrances and shit. But um, yeah, the match itself should be great. Like I've said before in the last week or so that um, it's the first time to my memory anyway that I think we've ever had a last man standing match for the Intercontinental Championship. Usually the stipulation is reserved for big-time feuds like Edge and John Cena or Triple H and Randy Orton and whatever else, Shawn Michaels and Triple H. We've had two last-man standing matches, um, coincidentally enough, at the Rumble before, that one between Michaels and H from 04, or, yeah, it was 04, then Del Rio and Big Show from 2013. So this is our third last-man standing match at this event, which is pretty cool, but never before over the Intercontinental Championships. That's pretty nice. Uh, pretty nice way to establish, you know, kind of boost the mid-card a little bit, and that championship in both guys... And in regards to both guys being in the Rumble, I mean, it would be nice, like I told you, I feel like they need as much star power as they can get, especially with John Cena not being, I mean, unless he makes a miraculous recovery and I wouldn't put it past him, they need as much star power as possible so we're not getting a repeat of the 2012 Rumble when we have, like, fucking, you know, uh, Xavier Woods coming out, which wouldn't be bad, but I'm talking about, like, you know, Jay Uso, Jimmy Uso, um, yeah, Primo and Epico, like, shit like that, like, people, like, I don't care about, like, Jack Swagger, like, why would I care to see him in the Rumble if you know he's not gonna win? Like, these people haven't been on TV in years. Other than the social outcasts, because those, those guys have been on TV consistently for the past couple of weeks, but, um, speaking of which, so this is kind of getting to the Rumble match, we get to the, we'll get into that in a minute. The only way I could see Ambrose being in the match, unless... You know, it's weird. If he's not going to do anything of note, they'd rather not have him in it. Same thing with Ambrose. But if he's going to do something special to set up his WrestleMania match, and if he wins back the belt earlier on in the night and he comes out to win the Rumble, I could see him coming out like at a time when there's no one in. or um, Like that Drew Carey, you know, Shades of 01, when Drew Carey came out when the Hardy Boys had just eliminated each other, and so he was the only one left in the ring. Or like in 2012, when Michael Cole entered the ring and everyone else was like busy beating each other up and he was just standing alone in the ring. So Owens doesn't have to do anything. He just goes in the ring and then out comes the next entrant, Sami Zayn. He comes out and just takes him out. And um, those two brawl to the back and that sets up WrestleMania match. I just don't know how likely that is just because uh, Sami Zayn's still in NXT for right now. So who the hell knows? But um, that's just one scenario. In regards to this match, who goes over? Like I said, unless we're getting Owens and Zayn at WrestleMania... Uh, I, I'd rather see the belt be kept on Ambrose just because we have that ready-made feud between Ambrose and Jericho, which can happen, you know, with without the championship. It's not really, you know, a priority, but um, it just makes sense with the belt because it kind of gives Jericho something to go after, and he's a nine-time IC champion as it is. So I think it'd be a nice little, you know, addition to that feud. And with Owens, I don't know what you do. You know, maybe you do him and Taker, which I feel like could be the backup plan if if Cena can't go, which would be a great fresh match. 
there's a lot of possibilities, but I'll go with you, and um, I'll go with that prediction as well. I'll, I'll go with what you're saying. Ambrose retains the IC Championship there. And then from there, we get to the 30-man Royal Rumble match, and for the first time in 14 years since 1992, it's going to be for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. We got Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Chris Jericho, all these other guys. I'm not going to go through all the participants. A lot of these guys aren't even official. It's just like... Oh, they might be in, they might not be in. So I'm not going to go through the whole participant list, but the top three candidates obviously are Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Jericho, and all the surprises that we might get come Sunday. So the big question, RJ, is this. Who will be the one? Just put me in a spot right now. <laughs> um, I... Wow, okay, okay. That's a bold prediction in the half. I have not seen a lot of people go with Wyatt. I completely forgot about him when I was saying off the like the top three candidates. But uh, that's that. Not only is it a bold prediction, it's a logical prediction too. Because it's not like you're saying Heath Slater who has like no chance of winning. I mean, I could definitely see Bray Wyatt winning, especially after last you know after last night's ending to Raw. But um, it became a lot clear. It seems like based off the direction that they're going, off of what we saw last night that they're going to be doing Lesnar and Wyatt at WrestleMania, which would be, you know, again, I mean, I've said this before, I just don't want to see the match just because we got to set up, <laughs> someone tweeted it out, and I think I retweeted it, that um, you got to make Bray look strong before he suffers his third WrestleMania loss in a row. Um, I could very well see that happening. I mean, if we get Lesnar and Wyatt again, it's something new. I won't complain just because it's not Lesnar Taker again or Lesnar fucking John Cena or Triple H for the millionth goddamn time or Big Show, God forbid. But um, it's something new. I just don't want to see Wyatt lose again. But we'll, we'll see where it goes. I do think we're going to get Lesnar and Wyatt Mania. I don't know what else you do with Wyatt, or rather Lesnar, unless you like promote Owens. But I feel like, you know, I've said that before. I've said, I mean, we've talked about it. Lesnar, Owens, and Mania would be amazing. I just don't think they're going to do it because Owens been at that upper mid-card level for so long. They're not going to put the belt on him on Sunday. Unless they throw us a curveball, who knows. But um, that said... You know, I, I do agree with one thing, though. I do feel like they will do Lesnar and Reigns at Fastlane because they kind of set that up last week and this week, and it's not a match they're doing at Mania because they're obviously going to do Reigns and Triple H, and Triple H will probably factor in the finish on Sunday. I feel like he will be at number 30 because, you know, why the hell not? You know, I, I don't like the idea, and I would, you know, to kind of stay safe, go with either Reigns or Triple H just because... The most predictable route is what they've gone with for the past three years, and every time I've tried to be bold, but to say, you know, Daniel Bryan or fucking Ryback or something from, like, 2013, they always go with the most predictable person. So 
who knows? But um, I like the idea of Wyatt. I like Lesnar reigns at Fastlane, not doing it again at WrestleMania. That sets up Reigns and Triple H. Like I told you the other day, it's a match that doesn't need the fucking bell. I like the idea of the match. It could be a great match. They've had a really good feud so far. The stuff at TLC at the end of the pay-per-view was fucking great. It just doesn't need to be over the championship because you know if Triple H goes into Mania with the belt... Roman Reigns is going to beat him for it. Like, it's the same thing with Rock and Cena from a couple years ago. But that was a money match. I can kind of see why they did it, even though it didn't really, you know, it didn't really make the match any better. At least this match, people are going to shit all over it if the the title's up for grabs, because you know who's winning. And at least with the title not up for grabs, there's a little bit more uncertainty. Um, But that being said, I'll go with fucking, you know, I'll go with Lesnar. I'll just go kind of the, the logical route and stick with Lesnar, just because of all the talk about him going into Mania, being the challenger for the title. And Reigns gets his rematch at Fastlane. He beats Reigns there with, like you said, help from Triple H or whatever. And then maybe Wyatt gets, you know, becomes the number one contender somehow. And like people have said, how they crown a new number one contender for the belt. Come Mania. I have no idea how they do that. Maybe a tournament going to Fastlane. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, I'll go with Lesnar. I, I feel like it's going to come down to Lesnar, Reigns. Like you said, Lesnar, Reigns, Wyatt. And I'll throw Jericho in there. Maybe Jericho, you know, Ambrose comes down. He throws out Ambrose. And then Ambrose comes back out and... Like we've talked about before, maybe he comes out and eliminates Jericho, which makes no sense from the match rules perspective, but um, they've done it a million times before in the last two decades, so I'm not going to put it past them. But um, yeah, I got Lesnar, you got Wyatt, but before we go off the air here, uh, any surprises that you expect in the Royal Rumble match on Sunday? Um, hopefully, like I said, hopefully like they have Balor in it. Um, maybe, hopefully AJ Styles has been saying that for a while. But um, off. I can honestly see them doing something similar, not like similar, but uh, similar to what they did with Jericho and Shawn Michaels in 2003, have like number 30 come out, you know, it's like Reigns, Lesnar, um, Wyatt's still in there, then have uh, Triple H's music hit, you know, Reigns kind of get a little antsy at the, at the ropes, and Stephanie comes out and then someone tosses out Reigns. Mm-hmm. That little slip distraction can kind of like set up that Triple H and Reigns feud a little bit more and not have Reigns in at the end, so maybe the crowd's of like start pooping all over because Reigns would be one of the last few people. Mm-hmm. So maybe they have Reigns get chucked out on distraction via like Stephen McMahon hitting coming out Triple H's music. I think that'd be really cool kind of they did uh, at Russell, uh, not WrestleMania, Royal Rumble three like Jericho's music hits, Christian comes out instead and then Jericho attacks him. But um besides that I really don't see anyone else that, that makes sense. Maybe I think more NXT guys would be better than having like a bunch of like you said the boost other than that are like the most Matadori, the people that know I really care about. Yeah, I'd rather take those spots and give them to, like, a fucking Diamond Dallas page, honestly. Like, a guy like that, or, I don't know, I'm trying to think of, like, a, a Tatanka. Like, if he came back, I'd be more excited for a Tatanka. He's come back, he's come back uh, more than a cup of coffee, at least three cups of coffee in the last couple decades. So I'll pass on Jim Duggan, maybe next year for the 30th anniversary, but we don't need him this year. Um, yeah, I, I could see, I could see some NXT guys, because they're in Orlando, Styles, they would be brain dead not to do him in the Rumble, not to have him debut in the Rumble, just because people know about it doesn't make it any less great, or any less surprising, people are gonna go nuts for it, if they wait until the night after WrestleMania, the buzz, I mean, again, it's gonna be amazing anyway, no matter whether he debuts at the Rumble, the night after Mania, on fucking Superstars one night, it doesn't matter, people are gonna go hyped regardless, but, um, I just think that Sunday is the prime opportunity with there being, you know, so much unpredictability and excitement. It's the Rumble. 
You know, so it'd be great. And like I've been saying this for like at least two, three months now, but you can always have Rollins music hit and be like, oh shit, he's making a John Cena like comeback. He's back already. How is this even possible? And then out comes like Joey Mercury or, you know, Jamie Noble or something like that, which would be great to see. And then Lesnar tosses him out like easily, like within half a second, breaking Santino's record or something like that. I'd rather see people like that in the Rumble than fucking, like I said, Jey Uso or people like that because it's like... You know they're not going to win, and I know like a a boogeyman isn't going to win either. But it's just cool seeing them back, and it's better than doing you know having them return any other time of the year because the Rumble is like the time of the year for people to come back for a one off or whatever. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll go with those guys too. Styles makes the most sense. Balor would be nice, even if we're just as a one off. Yeah, I know he's the NXT champion, but it wouldn't be the first time the NXT champion's getting promoted the main roster while champion. And, I, you know, like we've been saying for a while, Samoa Joe would be nice, too. I would jump through maybe four windows for that for that one and then five for Styles. And maybe we'll save a few more for uh, for any of the other surprise participants, even if it's like a, I don't know, I don't even even, uh, Shelton Benjamin. If he showed up in the Rumble, I'd probably lose it. Like, if, if a guy of Shelton Benjamin's level showed up in the Rumble, I'd probably lose my mind. If, um, who else? I'm trying to think of, uh, of another, like, a loser from years past. If, God, who was like a, a superstar, a, a Chris Masters, I think is the perfect, is the, <laughs> is the perfect candidate here. If Chris Renee Masters came back, Renee Dupree, I'd probably lose my mind. My voice would be shot for like three days. The whole lot of resistance comes back. <laughs> no with him too. Who? He's the dog. Oh yeah, the dog too. Yeah, you better, that better, the, that better be the participant in the rumble, not Renee Dupree. I don't give a shit about Renee. If the dog came, that's what I'd go crazy for. Uh, th- that'd be great. So I'm looking forward to it. The Rumble's always great. You know, even the last couple of years that haven't been too amazing, you know, widely considered two of the worst Rumbles of all time. I mean, they had their moments, and I'm always excited for the uh, the surprises. Hopefully we have, you know, I'll, I'll say this right now, and I'm, I'm sure you're going to agree with me. Hopefully right now we get no commentators. I don't want to see Byron Saxton in there. And I love Mario Ronaldo, but he does not need to be a, a, a participant in the Rumble. Or fucking, I could see Byron Saxon. Now that I think about it, I could see Byron Saxon just because he was a failed wrestler on NXT, so he has in-ring experience, <laughs> and he's the only commentator to never be in the Rumble. Because we've seen JBL, Cole, Lawler, everybody, Booker T. So it wouldn't surprise me. But no commentators and no midgets. Now I'm not like discriminating, you know, discriminating against midgets, but no El Torito, no Hornswoggle, none of that bull crap that no one cares about. Like the crowd does not care. They're not gonna laugh at it or whatever so hopefully no El Torito no Hornswoggle no commentators other than that I'm good to go it's gonna be great we're kicking off the road to Wrestlemania on Sunday with a 29th annual Royal Rumble live from Orlando we'll be watching it together on Sunday Endicott College Campus be there people it's a pay-per-view viewing party we're reviewing the show next Tuesday live on WrestleRant Radio if we're not watching Total Divas Total Divas comes back tonight and I can't wait for it Great time to be a wrestling fan, and we're looking forward to the road to WrestleMania. So, RJ, as always, brother, before we let you go, any cheap plugs for any new articles you got coming out, your Twitter, Facebook, AAM, Gmail, everything else in between, brother? Yeah, I got uh, a Twitter at RJ underscore Marcel. Um, I should have a wonderful, like prediction article coming up. I'll probably do it later today, so I'll probably be up today or tomorrow on uh, Um Besides that, in the area, come to Mod 6, bring pizza, bring whatever you want on Sunday, it's going to be a good time, so, uh, besides that, I can't wait for the Royal Rumble. 
Sounds good. Be sure to bring some food, guys, because uh, we're not going to let you in if you don't bring in at least some food uh, of some kind. That, and also be sure to bring a lot of a lot of window remaker shit. I don't know how to do that stuff. You know, RG has Home Depot on uh, on speed dial just in case. But when we break a lot of windows for the Joes and the Styles and the Rene Dupree's, we're going to need a lot of stuff to fix up those windows before in the morning, before uh, before Doc Wiley sees it, So uh, our administrators. So got a lot of time. Looking forward to Rumble on Sunday. Should be a great time. RJ, as always, a lot of fun talking to you, and I'll see you on Sunday, brother. All right, see you on Sunday. Thanks, man. See you, man. Are you ready? No, I said, are you Oh, how I so wish we could hear that on Sunday. You guys have no idea how much I really want to hear that song. We're not going to hear the song, obviously, but how much I really want to hear AJ Styles being announced as a participant in the 2016 Royal Rumble. Maybe I'll get my wish. Maybe we'll see Roman Reigns win. Maybe we'll see Brock Lesnar win. Maybe we'll see these social outcasts win the 2016 Royal Rumble. But either way, I'm looking forward to Sunday, as I said with RJ, as I said before. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. You guys are great. Thank you for listening once again to WrestleRant Radio. You know, at the beginning of the podcast, we have our intro, and it always says, Are you ready? Okay, let's get ready to rumble! Get ready to rumble on Sunday, guys. Again, thank you for a great episode of WrestleRant Radio here today. Be sure to find me on the Twitter, at WrestleRant, on Facebook, at facebook.com backslash graham.jstum.matthews, right here on the website, nextairwrestling.net. New episodes of WrestleRant Radio. Whether they're live or not, they're up every single Tuesday, with the exception of the special Wednesday shows But of course, guys, thank you for your time. Hopefully you're having a very happy, healthy, and prosperous 2016. I'm looking forward to what the rest of the road to WrestleMania entails. I'm looking forward to it, guys. Have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the Royal Rumble on Sunday. I'm Graham G.S. Matthews, and I'll catch you folks down the road to WrestleMania. (laughs) 